0: And I have one thing that I'm actually really curious about that came up for me while I was looking at your website which is you just desc- on your website you describe solace is that how you pronounce it
1: uh-huh yes solace. solace
0: and you describe it as both kind of a process and a state
2: uh-huh
0: so there's solace as a as a program and as a state and can you just say a few words about this state of solace
1: yes yes you know i chose the name solace because i was looking for something that really speaks to the idea of becoming one with your true self and i also wanted to speak to the idea of how most of us want to feel you know most of us are longing to feel a sense of calm a sense of coming home a sense of connection and peace you know those kinds of things and this idea, the word solace, soul is the sun, and ace is one. And the sun has always been an archetype for our essence, our true self, in you know, all kinds of folklore and legends and things like that. And so I just thought, oh, that's such a perfect word for this idea of being one with yourself. And so the program that I have is called solace and it's a, a journey to become one with yourself. But, but like you said, it's a, it's also a state of being. I mean, the definition of solace is about being at peace, you know, being in a space of comfort and, and calm and, and feeling centered and grounded, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And that's what I'm curious about. So okay. I'm, I'm really curious about how you experience that solace in your day to day life. Mm. And and I'm and I'm less interested in um in the big experiences because I think anybody who's in this field of work has these big peak experiences, whatever. Yeah. And I'm really more curious about how is that how is that solace something you find in your day to day life?
1: Yeah. You know, I think I created the program because it's something I'm constantly looking for. You know, I do experience it in day-to-day life and I'll share, I'll share that, but I just want to preface it by saying, I don't know. I'm not always there. I don't know that any of us can always be in that space. And for me, it's, it's a seeking of this place of knowing that when I feel triggered by something, for example, that I can, you know, settle into a space where I can respond rather than react. Or even in meditative time, you know, I I learned all kinds of different meditation from something very still and that you sit in quiet for a long time. But ultimately I think having children and things like that really pushed me toward in day-to-day life, I need to be able to tap into that state in any moment. I can't just say, take care of yourselves, kids, I'm going off to the bedroom to meditate for an hour because I need to feel better, you know, so it's about tapping into solace from that place of doing the dishes and making dinner and
0: And, grounding myself. How do you experience that? That's what I'm,
1: how do I experience it? So like in my body?
0: Yeah, in your experience, however you touch into it.
1: Yeah, so for me, I experience it as a deep rooting, like a rooting to the earth and grounding into my being, where I feel very present in my body. And I feel very even in my breath and my pulse, things like that, like the physicality of it, the emotionality of it. I would say I have a sense of ease with whatever's coming. Like even if, even though I feel I'm fully human, I'm going to experience emotions, good or bad. And I don't like those labels, but for the sake of understanding. But what I notice in that space of solace is that I'm in this balance, you know, where I can, I can meet those feelings, whatever they are, those emotions, and I can name them even, you know, often the best people can do is say, I feel good, I feel bad. But what is it that you feel, you know, so in a moment of, of solace, I might feel and notice I'm feeling anxious. I'm actually feeling anxious in this moment and I'm tapping into that ground and able to name it rather than out of my body and feeling, you know, something that I'm not doing so, something about. So
0: this so this experience of you called <laughs> it both groundedness and rooted.
2: Yeah. Like yeah.
0: when I hear that I feel my feet on the ground. And exactly. I and I imagine it's similar for you.
1: Yes. Yes. And actually, when I talk about rootedness, I also feel a rootedness this way. You know, like there's a certain rootedness to the above and an aspect of the invisible. You know, sometimes it feels like I need to root to my groundedness on the earth, my physicality, but I also need to root into that which I don't know and be able to somehow blend those within me and say, there's some known and there's some unknown. And how can I? How can I meet that in this moment? So, yeah.
0: And, and I'm very open to you not answering this next question, but how, how is that right now? Like, do you, do you experience any of that right now? Is there anything in you or alive that you would call solace to some degree?
1: Mm. You know, I noticed myself just talking about it Brought me more into it. You know, you like paying attention, bringing my own awareness in this moment with you. Yeah, okay, I can feel the weight of my body in my chair, and I can feel this openness to who I am and what I'm here for. And do I have the answers? And can I articulate that precisely? No, but it's like, okay, it's okay. Wherever we're going, I'm here. I'm here. So that's, I think, what I experience in this moment. Yeah yeah
2: and oh this makes me a bit excited um
0: (laughs) so this being here being being open not being perfect but being willing to be there with it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and and i'm curious like what you call being open to who you really are how do you experience that (laughs)
2: that's
1: a tough question because i think in some ways that is the ineffable and sometimes it's what i find ineffable about describing my work because who are we really you know i think that is this question and i feel like oh look at that i'm able to do this or look at that i feel this or i have this thought or this inspiration or i notice this pain or ache in my body and are we all of those things or are we something beyond those things and i notice myself it's almost like a a respiration between this like inner and outer existence of of beingness but also we could we could break it down microcosmically into an inner and outer aspect of thought an inner and outer aspect of feeling of physicality of, of our actions, you know, and again, it seems ineffable. I'm not sure I'm even making any sense, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, what is, who are we? And that's, I think where it's a constant noticing. I'm always, I'm always seeking to notice, notice. How am I responding? Notice how am I showing up? Notice how someone, um, you know, evokes or provokes or, inspires something in me or a space brings comfort or not you know always noticing always noticing these little subtle responses within my being
0: and and you describe this move between inside and out and the question of are you this are
2: you that are you both are you neither and um yeah i don't even have a question i'm just (laughs) Curious about that right now, this yeah.
0: this movement.
1: Yes, yes. One of the things I one of my favorite analogies is that I, I always say we're dancing between extremes in life. And so we could think of it like a tightrope. And at each end of the tightrope, it, it's held by extremes. So you could use like an example of extreme sadness or sorrow and extreme joy, okay? but we don't live on either side. In order to be on the tightrope, we have to move. The tightrope walker isn't able to walk that rope without some level of dynamicism, some level of movement in order to keep their balance, to keep that way. And we might visit one side and we might visit another, and we're never gonna stand straight in the middle. I also love the analogy of the pendulum. You know, we, we often just, I mean, scientifically, if you release a pendulum on one side, it will swing to the same level on the other side until it eventually settles in the middle.
0: Almost to the same level. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. There, yes, there, exactly. There those, yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. So it's, it's this walking the tightrope.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm going to switch my questioning because something else just drew my attention. You, so it sounds like it's both in one way state and an exploration at the same time. And that the, and that the state seems to be deeply connected to the exploration.
1: I love that. That's a beautiful description. I would say, yes. I mean, we have to be here to consciously explore and understand what here is. So, yes, I think that this idea of it's a state and it's an exploration and they each mirror each other, it's sort of, it makes me think of the the concept where you hear people say you can't love another until you love yourself. And yet you also hear the idea that learning to love yourself can be helped and supported by loving others and, you know, extending Mm -hmm. yourself. So which comes first, you know? I don't know that there's one or the other but we we need to honor that we exist in both the outer and the inner yeah this dance
0: and in this
2: exploration in this state has there been one like insight or shift that has affected you most long term on
0: your exploration has there been such a thing or such a moment
1: you know i i often have felt sometimes when i hear of people's aha moments that are so big and life transforming i go how come i don't have this big lightning bolt wake up call kind of thing so sometimes i feel like it's been this gradual um this gradual awakening, gradual exploration. But at the same time, what I notice has been the biggest factor in my exploration is the true understanding that I know nothing. Hmm. I mean, it it just, every time I think I know, I kind of get whacked and go, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's There's always something more to learn. As soon as I think I know myself and who I am, there's something that shows up that goes, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. Or wow, I didn't know I had that in me. That's a little scary. Or, you know, they're, they're, it's, it, it's always ever evolving. And I love that. I think that's the joy that I find in the exploration is that it's never, there's, there's no destination. It's all a
2: journey. So, so in a sense, when we had this, I or this, it's both a
0: state and a journey.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It seems like you emphasize the journey.
1: I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. In all the work, I mean, in like using solace as an example, I always talk about how it's a spiral. You know, we're not moving in circles. We're not moving in a line. That spiral might seem to kind of. Look like a meandering, very hapless path that seems like, why am I doing this? And you might even feel sometimes like you're going around in circles. But when it's a spiral, there's just always this open level, Mm -hmm. even just a little bit that doesn't keep you. I mean, some of us get stuck in the hamster wheel, you know, we're constantly circling around, no going nowhere, and it's just opening that little bit to something new, some different way.
2: mm -hmm. And
0: how has that perspective? of everything as a journey of the fact that you know nothing, how has that impacted you personally in your day to day? How does that impact it?
1: I used to run in the hamster wheel, you know, I definitely would get stuck in the monkey mind as it's called, where I just would plan and, you know, try to make things happen and try to force things to be the way that I wanted to and have control. And as I learned to open and surrender, I realized that I'm not in control. It's not, it's not all up to me. Do I have a tremendous influence to, to create something I would like? Absolutely. But it's, it's, it's done in this dance with the surrender to something bigger in addition to my role as one piece of the big puzzle, if you will,
0: So
2: it's a letting go of control, yeah, in one way.
1: Yeah, 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 lots of letting go, lots of surrender, lots of noticing where are the triggers and the and the blocks that we hold that get in the way of us just being in the flow. I think naturally speaking things will evolve when we want to create something. And we set our intention toward that. I think everything is possible, but it's often the blocks and the, the old stories and the old patterns and habits that get in the way of us flowing with that. So that spiral helps us get out of the hamster wheel and step more into the flow. Yeah.
0: Now we're 15 minutes
1: okay
2: (laughs) okay so
0: thank you very much for answering my questions thank you
2: uh,
0: you now have 15 minutes where i am here to listen to you Uh and i'm curious like what is it that you're thinking about in your life right now what is it that is in your thoughts and where you're at the at the edge of your thinking Mm
1: I love this question because I don't feel like we get to explore this kind of thing enough. So I want to thank you, first of all, for just asking that. But, you know, with everything that's happening in the world right now, I've noticed my my thinking and my feeling and even my capacity to act being extremely challenged and really going into what is that about? And what do i believe is right and i'm sure we've all experienced our own journey of of how we're responding to what's happening in the world and every country and i live in the united states so we have you know each state having their own rules requirements expectations and i remember when everything first started happening i went into this like oh my gosh everybody's just being so fearful and we're, we're going into a state of fear and that's just going to make things worse. And, you know, I had my judgments about things. And then I started to understand more about the virus and what was happening and how the numbers could tax and impact the healthcare system so much and how those people could be, you know, helped by us doing our part to flatten the curve. And I felt on board with it all. And as we've been in that state here where I am for about five weeks now of shelter in place and, you know, not be connecting with people, I have again, gone back to questioning, like, is this really the right thing? Is this really what is best? Are we creating a whole nother thing that is doing damage in other ways, aside from what we're trying to prevent the damage with? And <clears throat> I ask these questions not because I feel I know, but because I'm literally in these questions. You know, at the edge of my own feelings about what is what is right and what is not right, and noticing the intensity with which, you know, people are. Oh my gosh, they're not wearing a mask, or Oh my gosh, they're, you know, not following the rules, and they got together with someone, or whatever it is. And but also noticing um, like a deeper question about what does it mean to live well and to die well Mm. and this question of how uncomfortable we are with death as a as a humanity we don't have a relationship a good relationship with death and why is that could it be because we also don't really know how to live well And so, again, it goes to these questions of could this shelter in place and this disconnect from things be helping us to go deeper inward and think about what does it mean to live well? And yet at the same time, could it be damaging us because we are initiated by our relationships? We reflect one another in each other. And when we can't see and be with each other, that's really difficult. And so,
0: yeah. so it sounds like on the one hand there is this level of um what's the truth about the virus the way we deal with it Mm -hmm. which can be looked at as like what what what's the data saying and which theory about it is correct yeah but but on a on a deeper level there is a question about
2: actually human life in it of yeah what is the right way to live what does that
0: include and how to deal with the fact that we're all gonna die yeah. uh, and what so so it seems to really touch those fundamental layers and i'm i'm wondering like what is what are you thinking about on those layers like what's what's moving in you on those
1: In terms of like the living well and dying well, what do I feel about that? What do I feel is real for me?
0: Yeah, or at (laughs) least what are you thinking about on those right now?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I personally have for a long time worked with what interestingly is considered alternative healthcare or wellness methods and even what you and i do as our coaching work is an alternative method it's a way of going deeper and looking at the holistic aspect of our being and so i'm not a huge fan of allopathic medicine and at the same time i really honor and love the the need really for us to find a harmony between science and nature what does that look like you know we have this amazing gift to explore and investigate and discover, scientifically speaking. But are we also paying attention to the laws of nature, like the fact that there is a cycle of life? You know, we spend so much time and energy trying to prolong life, but at what cost? You know, so these are the thoughts that start to come up to me. And, you know, we've had comments made that, people say, Oh, we need to get the economy going. And Oh, the elderly are happy to sacrifice themselves so that the younger people can have a better economy. And it's like, wow, that's not quite what I'm thinking here. That's, you know, that's, that's a very, first of all, I I'm really tired of the worship of the God economy. You know, (laughs) that to me seems like we're, we're really missing something here. What is that something I continue to say, well, I don't know what it is. I I feel this sense that all of the things in a way that are closed, you know, schools, churches, even, even our government offices, you know, there's so many things. All of those are systems that we have bought into and that we live by. And I'm questioning, I'm saying, to what degree do all of these systems need to crumble? And what does it look like to build something completely new? I don't know that,
0: but and and yeah. it seems like so there are so there seems to be this position of let's get the economy started, not your position,
2: right? So I am curious, um, what what would be your position? Like, what would be a um,
0: holistic way of moving on? of
1: yeah do you
0: have any sense of that
1: i i do you know that's that's where i was saying i don't feel like i have any answers for sure and i want to be clear too that this idea of the economy i think there are various ways we can look at economy i i actually believe we should all be sharing our gifts in the best way we know how and having an exchange of energy and support so we can support ourselves and live in this world So from that perspective, we need the economy. You know, that's one of the dangers I'm worried about with this whole idea of staying secluded and not being out in the world because some people are not able to share their gifts. And that's a big part of why we're here, you know? And so there's that piece of the economy that I I really do support. And I'm looking at that question saying, how do we do that? How do we is that about dying well? Is that about saying I might get sick? Can I trust that either my body will handle it or it won't? And you know, I had a very difficult conversation for example with my teenage boys where I I'm young, you know, I'm I mean I think I'm young, but compared to you, maybe not. But <laughs> you know, but I'm feeling like I'm not in that risk pool, you know, I'm not and so I feel that if I were to get sick I will be, I'll recover, you know, that I don't, and I'm healthy. I live a healthy lifestyle. I don't have any risk factors, but I still felt like this is an opportunity to have these difficult conversations of, you know, if something happened, here's where this is, here's where this is, here's how you can find this. Here's how, what options you might have, et cetera. You know, having some of those difficult conversations that none of, none of us tend to want to have. And, you know, I don't know, maybe something like that is one of those holistic approaches where we begin to have those conversations. We begin to talk about the things that we pretend aren't there, that we think we can ignore. Maybe that's one, and maybe that applies then to not only here's what you do if I die, kids, but also to what what's wrong with our education system? What's going on here? What are the conversations we can have? You know, language is generative. So, out of those conversations, when we speak about things, when we talk about things, that's where we can begin to create new ideas. But we have to stop. We have to take a yes and approach, and stop trying to figure it out, and find the answers before we even allow for a completely unbridled conversation, where it's like, let's let's just see what what are the crazy ideas we could come up with here.
0: So it also sounds like actually a time to look at I mean everything's come to a halt. Yeah. We have to restart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do we restart? Do we just push push the same gas pedal with the same goals or do we switch cars or yeah. switch yeah. lanes or
1: yeah. One thing one one phrase that keeps coming back to me again and again. That I've noticed myself saying is, I hope, I hope we as a humanity can resist normal. So this idea of resisting normal, because the normal that we've had has not worked. It has not worked. We can look around at all of the various crises, whether we want to look at this virus or climate issues or you know, the way competition and capitalism and all these things have, have pitted people against each other. And, you the opium
0: know, crisis you have oh, in my the God. U.S.
1: Exactly, exactly. The addiction and the um, obesity and so many things. We just look around and go, "Okay, life as we have known it, our old normal is not working." So we need to resist normal. I believe first and foremost, as we come out of this, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm still holding that question. You know, can I be careful not to? get back into the rat race and start speeding up how fast I do my work and how many hours I put in and everything has slowed down. And I think from that perspective, many people are saying, wow, this is so much better on my body. I'm so much less stressed. There's a different stress, of course, concern over the virus, but there's another like shift that people are experiencing where it's like, you know, like I can breathe for a moment. And then if they get too caught in their heads, yeah, they start to go into fear and doubt. And, oh, my God, what, how am I going to pay my bills? And, but just the fact that we have the chance to stop, that's it huge. Seems,
0: it seems like that's important to you, that so there, there is a stop. There is potentially the chance for new insights, new depth, new perspectives. And how do we not lose them? Yeah, But rather, well, maybe not stay stuck in our closets for much longer, but uh, actually, how does that find a way into whatever comes next?
1: Yeah. 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 I, I think that's, that's beautiful. And And even looking at what do we value? What do we really want as we move out of this and into a new space? Like, there's a lot of talk right now about freedoms being infringed upon in order to, you know, how we, how we treat our body, what we put in our bodies. I think we have to question all of that and think to ourselves, what do I really care about? What do I want my future to be? What do I want my grandchildren's future to be?
0: And take a look and at that. If there would be one thing or two things that you would like to take from this time, what would it be
2: for you?
1: One would be that pause, the ability to pause more regularly and easily.
2: Um, And I think the ability to live in alignment
1: with my values. Yeah, to really ensure that I'm staying aligned
2: with my values. Yeah. What does,
0: like that seems deep, that staying aligned with your values, what what does that mean for you?
1: You know, I'm, it's another question that I keep asking, what do I value? I'm constantly reassessing that, and my family is always at the top of that list, you know? So am I spending the time with my boys that I want? Am I taking you know, that these precious moments while I have them and really treasuring them and staying present to them. That's one example, you know, Um, but, but even just being in that question constantly and reevaluating it, what do I value? I believe that our values change as we change, you know, when we're young, we might value getting out of the house and being independent and finding that job and being on our own and all of that. And those are important values, you know, to becoming your independent self, and, and over time, you might start to say, well, but the specific type of job I want, I'm feeling like I value something else. Like I really value working for a company that cares for the planet, as an example. You know, so it's this constant questioning. I feel like that, for me, is the bigger question than what I specifically value. But rather, am I always questioning and noticing, is everything I'm doing Creating, living, saying, expressing, aligned with something I really care about deeply. Yeah.
0: So, so it seems like it's the questioning itself that's mm-hmm. important to you, which I think brings us back to it's a state and, a, and an exploration.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it seems yeah. that that exploration and the willingness to explore is really fundamental for you in how you live your life and what you want to invite other people into
1: i love that yes yes i think it is i mean as much as we mentioned earlier it's a journey and i emphasize the journey it's more specifically an exploratory journey it's not just a passive let's see what is over here and over here as we walk a path but rather what is that all about over there, and how can I, how can I dance with it? Like, like you mentioned, you know, your friend foraging and loving that. And so, yeah, can we go on the journey and explore and say, oh, is this is this thing I found edible? Is it something that I can actually integrate into my life? And what does it need to ha- for me, from me, to, you know, help it also thrive? You know, and and so we can do that with everything on that journey yeah yeah
2: hmm. so that was
0: 15 minutes again
1: <laughs> powerful oh. questions I'm loving this
0: <laughs> yeah and I need a short break okay <laughs> As I said in the beginning but I'll be back I'll take in one about...
1: too I'll come right back <laughs>
0: wonderful
1: all right thanks Lucas I am interested in
0: exactly you now have 15 minutes to ask me whatever you're interested in
1: okay okay well i am loving the work that, that the the it's broad and yet narrow what i see and and have read about what you do and 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 i'd love to understand i always am curious how does one come to some of the work that they do so there's that but i also in the context of of you work with the parts but also the body and I know you're a lover of nature and so you have this incredibly beautiful um, depth and and breadth to what you do and so I'd love to know how you came to it and what made you have that level of of um I don't know what to call it but that's your dance is how I'm seeing it right (laughs) you know yeah
0: so I'm going to ask you a question in a moment, but um, I actually think one of my biggest challenges is that I'm interested in a shitload of things (laughs) and I I find it really difficult to get them, to get to stick to one thing rather than being everywhere. So Mm -hmm. um, so the, the fact that there is lots of influences and stuff in what I do is is both a strength and a challenge and i and i didn't fully understand the question you asked like i could now just talk off but what is it really that you're like that you're asking me so i can mostly first i just
1: wanted to start by knowing you better like how did you come to this and and i so relate to your loving lots of things and that's part of why i'm asking the question because i'm very (laughs) similar so i'm curious where did you come at it from
0: yeah
2: so um
0: the first how did i come to this has really been um like a, an experience while i was studying and i don't even want to talk about it too long but i was studying very scientifically and i had like a a very big meditation experience that kind of made me see that everything i was studying was incomplete which deeply frustrated me and made me quit mm-hmm. um awesome. I so that's kind of how I got into this field and how I got to what I'm doing now I think has mostly two sources so I, I spent years um in a field called called circling and authentic relating mm-hmm. it's if you're in Colorado yeah it's quite big in Boulder yeah. so um a lot of that is about just being together and allowing the connection to unfold and through that us to unfold to new experiences. And I found it beautiful and um, And I was so deeply in that. But the deeper I got into it, the more I noticed that in the workshops I led, in the sessions I led and all the stuff I did with it, I kept, hitting these walls where where i would come to places with people and i didn't know what to do and they would come they we would come to a certain pattern they would potentially even have a new experience and then they would come back two weeks later and the same pattern was back Mm -hmm. and i got to this point of like what the fuck is happening here
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: how can i actually help these people rather than just kind of rather than just being with them and that made me then open a whole different can of worms of studying psychotherapy and trauma therapy and body work and all of that because i wanted to understand yeah and um so a lot of what i do now is this combination of um i think the modalities of that relating that i think i actually brilliant and really up to date and because they they are so immediate they're about how are we right now yeah and let's stay with that but not just staying in the relationship and just thinking that oh if we just stay in the relationship everything will be fine but um to actually bring in more and more distinctions coming from different fields Nice. And so that's a lot of what my work now is about, is the merging of these two.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm hearing there's a certain aspect of your own, I don't know if I should call it interest or even passion, because you sound passionate about it, of progress, your interest in progress. And so there's yeah. this aspect of like, yeah, it's great that we can have certain things that feel good but what's gonna really make it be progressive so that we're really moving forward in our lives. And so an evolutionary slant to your work.
0: It's very interesting that you say that. I don't think about myself like that. The first thought I had when you said that is, I think I have that most with systems is uh-huh. that I often, so for instance, and this may sound very arrogant, but uh, whenever I do a training, um, I've very rarely had it that I've done a training where I was like, damn, they've really done this incredibly well. I'm often in a training and my sense is, wow, these and these things are good, but why are you doing it like that? Like you could do it differently and people would actually have a different experience. So I'm very much then looking at how can I teach things? and that's where this authentic relating thing comes in because i think it's such a direct teaching tool
2: yeah
0: but i also do have that and i i've really not thought about that much of i really do wanna
2: help people and like not just have them be held and then everything is back to
0: normal but actually how is how how to change how to transform
1: yeah yeah what and and it's this is a question you can decline to answer if you like but (laughs) one of those things where um you know we all have moments sometimes one big one sometimes many little ones that it almost creates an internal commitment within ourselves to say i am committed to." And then fill in the blank what would you say that is for you and you could share what the moments were if you want or just what the commitment has is that's come out of that
2: so i have one story actually that's um very that's not about that's
0: not right now but i think that's been the most intense uh experience of that I've ever had. I've I've literally had a moment. That was how I got into circling. I was meditating one day and um, I knew about authentic relating, but I didn't know about circling yet and I was meditating. I was sitting there and suddenly I got this sentence in my head saying, you're gonna be a circling leader. And I came out of that meditation. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a circling leader. What's circling? (laughs) <laughs> and, and I, and, but, but from that moment, there was no doubt. Like I just knew that that was a, what was, was what I was going to do. And uh-huh. it, that kept me going for three years in a, at a insane speed, a speed that wasn't actually just good for me in the end, but there was no doubt from that point forward. Um, I don't have that as clearly right now. So I didn't have a moment like that here, but i think the thing that actually is keeping me going is care i Mm. i really care and i and i see so many people who who want to change and who are struggling and who are investing lots of time and energy and money into things and programs and stuff of which i and again this might be my personal arrogance because i i definitely don't i'm not the most humble guy in the world um but um of which my personal opinion is it's not that good of a program and that is a large part of what is keeping me going is this sense of in one way like almost a responsibility of mm. um i don't actually believe that i'm uh, that i'm that great or that i have all the answers i actually don't believe that but i often think um, i have a quite balanced view on things and i have a very and i can actually see where things are good and also not good and i think many people would benefit from that rather than being sold hypey self-help shit and that's actually a large part of my motivation is that is this sense that i see that people are looking for that
1: and what i hear correct me if i'm wrong is that you're definitely more interested in the simple ways the individual human being can become themselves that it's not it's not about hype it's not about fancy this or fancy that you know big long processes but rather a touching in a connecting and a deeper dive would you say that's true
0: i, I would i would yeah. say at the essence that's true i'm also mm-hmm. looking at what are the processes that are needed for that because mm-hmm. i think there are actually and this is like i think there are often skills involved that we haven't developed there are often um, distinctions we need that we actually need to learn so yeah. i think there is a lot of content that then becomes important but at the essence i think so that's why i was so interested in your solace is um i would call it self it's yeah. in my experience when i'm in myself or connected to myself then suddenly the things that were challenging five seconds ago are not challenging anymore yeah and it's and it's that experience that is at the core of what i want to show people and then with that there is also a knowledge that that makes me expendable and i'm actually very happy to make myself expendable because i i think when people actually experience that in themselves they they realize how much they are capable of yes
1: yes i i've often said a good coach is not a coach for long to the same person because they're teaching them to become more self-reliant like you said you become expendable yeah yeah what do you wish you had that that you're hoping to offer others like is there something that you're doing that that you feel would have also made your journey better oh, easier in the past yeah like what do you wish you had in the past that that you're now doing, that you're hoping will help others that you didn't
2: get? I think, um, and I'm not even sure that that's a thing anybody can teach, but
0: um, it has something to do with the understanding that intensity is not quality and that intensity does not equal
2: change
1: Mm. say more about that
2: I, i used to so i don't have a clear um
0: phrasing for it but i think there used to be this mindset in me that to change i need to dive as deeply into what's bothering me as i can Number one, I don't believe that anymore. And that was a lot of my trauma training is actually about that. Um, yeah. But there was also the sense of the, the more intensely I experience something, the more probable that it will change, which is just not true.
2: And it's I, it's that distinction of Mm -hmm. are you just having a loud experience right now or
0: is it actually bad because i think actually there are many times when people are just having loud experiences but they're not necessarily good or bad they're just loud um so that distinction of like oh it's a pet peeve of a train of a uh, teacher i have who who always says this thing many times when people come from a workshop they will say, "Oh, it was so intense," but rather than saying, "It was intensely what,"
2: uh-huh. they will just say,
0: "It was intense." <clears throat>
2: yeah.
0: So, so it's that it's that shift of, um, so what are you actually experiencing, rather than how much of it? Yeah. Um, and and um, for me, a lot of what has actually changed the way I am with myself is the much more subtle way of being with me that's very quiet and that's very boring in one way because it's not loud and not but it's it's actually what what's sustainable yeah so i think that if somebody could have taught me that that would have definitely um stopped me from recreating a lot of pain -hmm. I'm not sure anybody could have taught me that, but
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's it. I I think experientially myself as well. I think sometimes we need to experience the intensity to realize whether it is or isn't significant, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that that picture that you've painted of you know the the qualities and the specificity of what it is rather than the amount or the scale of what something is yeah mm-hmm. yeah Beautiful. yeah
0: and it's that's that's very much changed my being with me yeah yeah those were 15 minutes, by the way. Okay. Okay. It goes fucking fast, doesn't it? It
1: does go fast. <laughs> I could keep asking lots of things, but <laughs> well now I guess we get to move on to what what's at the edge of your thinking and emotions and what's you know, where are you in life right now as we yeah. explore? <laughs> yeah,
0: and this is this is gonna be a very interesting one for me, because this has been one that's been bouncing around in my
2: head for weeks which is that so i i'm i'm currently kind of
0: exploring and teaching myself a very particular and very strange school of movement exercises i don't even have to go into detail of what they are but but the fact is they're very much like game based and they're and they're uh very entertaining but they are they definitely don't look in any way like you would expect like conscious movement or or presence based whatever to look so it's not slow and it's not take a breath and ah oh, what are you feeling but it's very much like throw a ball in the air and do this challenging thing can you do it no try again um but i see how good that that um that movement is for me because i i love to play i love to do stupid shit, and it's actually much more engaging for me than uh, doing a slow walking meditation I'm, i'm not a big fan of slow walking meditations but there is a part of me that thinks i should because that's the right thing to do um so i'm doing these really strange movement exercises and I'm really thinking about, so how far do these go? And um, how much of an impact do these actually have on embodiment and on presence, but in such a different way than I'm, than I'm used to? And I'm, I'm kind of exploring this, and it's almost like blasphemy for me to think that this could be a path. So I am a little bit shy about them and shy about um really using them uh-huh. so, so i don't even have a clear question i just noticed that that's a thing where i'm stuck and yeah. um maybe even just talking about that will help me to unstick
1: yeah i'm curious what is it that that what are the thoughts that go through your mind when you feel shy
0: And I and I'm I'm pretty sure this just has a lot to do with my, so I also love practices that um, that are slow and deliberate and all of that, but but there there is a a story, and it really seems like a story in me that basically says, oh, the right way to do embodiment exercises is
2: this, Mm -hmm. and that's. Not the way to do it. Um, So yeah, it's it's really about it's almost yeah, it's it
0: feels like if I were to say I do this stuff that's a lot about consciousness and I do these games, that if you look at them from the on the surface, they have nothing to do with consciousness because it's not conscious movement it's not surrendering into the body it's none of that it's literally juggling on ecstasy like it's complex and tricky and all of that but why not (laughs) but but something in me says no don't do it don't do it
1: (laughs) i can't i can't help but feel like, well, I would have to be really in my body to try something like that. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> and in a way, yes. And and um but it's and this is again, and there's immediately a but coming up. There is this uh-huh.
2: so so there's there's some part in me that's so convinced that it has to look a certain way. That it has mm. to be in this conscious realm yeah yeah
1: so i'm curious have you thought about in your own exploration of this in your own on the edge like do you consider any fears or doubts that show up or are there are there things that you go wow this could be a whole new realm of of practice or I'm just wondering like where do those thoughts go
0: I'm so in the positive sense they go towards this could be fucking awesome I actually think you could get people with this that are that if they look
2: at slow dancing they're like why the fuck would I do that and
0: the potential i actually think is deeply embodying and deeply
2: integrating and nourishing for the body Um, the fear is that if i i
0: think the fear is that if i do that i kind of step outside of the realm of what's accepted in the conscious field quote-unquote conscious field and i and i really step into a, a field that's more because these are taken from like performance based exercises for pro athletes mm-hmm. so so they're more about performance and all of that um,
2: yeah, and yeah that that's that step of doing that is That's where it then gets scary.
0: And I, I ask myself right now, like what is, what is the worst thing that could happen? And it, the immediate answer is, I, I would be laughed at
2: if I did this. Like I would be laughed at if I took this approach out there. And what would happen then? That would not be good. <laughs>
0: That would not be good.
2: (laughs) Well, that's a good question. What would happen then? Um, Well, realistically speaking, nothing. But it would not be good. Definitely not be good. Or could
1: it be? I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting here going, everyone I know that has, you know, taken a different perspective and they'll get pushback. There might be those who laugh at or chastise or whatever, but then there are those who go, wow, this is really cool. This is something I can relate to because I can't do that slow stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, you know, on that edge with you. Like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. It's, it's actually right now i feel more energy moving around it i have uh-huh. a, more of a sense of
2: sitting up straight it's it's really this so i would be laughed at that's
0: still scary but the question of what would happen then is more like realistically nothing absolutely nothing
2: right right
0: and I actually feel really excited about these exercises because they're, cause they're fun and I love fun. I enjoy I fun. I think there are
1: a lot of people that love fun. So yeah. I, it could be really, really amazing too, you know, but I understand, I hear you in terms of why you would feel like that's at this edge of your comfort zone and at the yeah. edge of where you want to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: But at the same time, it's actually really enlivening right now to sit at this point of
2: it's scary and yeah
1: and maybe not so yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's
2: the worst thing that could happen right
0: (laughs) this is quite nice actually
1: good good oh i love hearing it i love hearing the exploration because i I resonate and, and can relate to those fears that come up sometimes, you know, where you're wondering, where is it going to go? And so it's really a treasure to just listen to you, explore what that would look like for you. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's actually the the thing I am really fascinated by right now is this sense of, so I would be targeting people who are interested in self-development, self-growth, but this. The sense, and I think it's a real fear on one level, that there are these rules and these, this is the way it should look. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's like yoga pants uh, and all of that. And it would definitely not be that. It would be so different.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which might be exactly what the world needs, you know? I mean, I couldn't help but think about... Or
0: I could wear yoga pants. (laughs)
1: exactly right Hmm. (laughs) mix it up a little you could wear the outfit and do something completely unexpected (laughs) I love it I love it and I couldn't help but think you know you said it's kind of based on it's it's for athletes but also performance performance art you know and isn't life a performance art you know really I mean leadership is a performance art you know all of these things and so how cool to bring a performance art as a way of connecting to that.
0: And actually like a lot of the exercises, at least the way I am playing with them right now are about like, you're playing with balls and you're throwing things and you're doing weird movements. And it's actually, it's in one way, it's so freeing because it's also so childlike. And I think so many At least in my world, especially boys, I think girls as well, like they actually grow up doing playing ball so much, and then we stop.
2: Yeah,
0: and so so there is also that sense of actually, it's I think it's so deeply rooted in many people as a as a as a connection to playfulness and presence because you have to be present when you juggle balls and move around and all of that
1: exactly exactly yeah yeah who says presence is only (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh
0: but it's it's very good to see that place of
2: um of the fear of oh it has to look like that yeah yeah beautiful i love
1: hearing the exploration i love it love it anything else that you feel like you're on the edge of with that
0: no the rest is now just i'll have to play with it myself and then i'll have to try it out because i don't know maybe i'm the only dumb dumb dude who enjoys this like that could
2: be (laughs) like you
0: never know (laughs) Um, but um but but it actually feels just like i can freely Play with it and then bring it out and just play with friends and try it.
2: So I love that's it. More
0: the sense I have right now.
1: Yeah. That's exciting. It's exciting to think about. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Very much.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually feel quite complete with it right now.
1: Okay. Okay, good. I appreciate you sharing it because it's inspiring. Also, to think about for all of us, I imagine when we're contemplating something and all the rules and the shoulds and the, you know, the boxes that we put ourselves in, and how can we
2: and, explore and, how, and beyond how that, fucking, um, artificial. Oh, they are yes, like yes.
0: this. Just a sense of consciousness or movement practice or anything having to look a certain way
1: yeah
0: it's who says so and why and what so but 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 on another level those expectations are real
2: yeah
0: and that's that's a that's another one where yeah this is my thinking and i can take responsibility for that and that shifts something in me But culturally, these expectations are real.
1: Yeah. And you know what it made me think of? When rock and roll became a big thing. (gasps) Rock and roll, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Right? I mean, oh my goodness. How could we be watching people gyrating their hips on stage and remember? I mean, it was such a big thing. I (laughs) don't (laughs)
2: know.
1: Okay. I wasn't alive then either, but I know from history. <laughs> Let's be fair. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but no, but just the concept, like what, what I, the understanding of people thought it was like the devil's music, you know, and that it was terrible. And yet, when you think about this concept of a beat, you know, and the deeper um, ways compared to, say, classical music and what was considered more acceptable. I mean, indigenous peoples have been dancing to the beats of drums forever, and mm-hmm. there's an aspect of of the connection to like the heartbeat of the mother. And so I, I listen to what you say, and I look at that, and I go, "Is it really that different?" You know, we have this idea of what what presence and what connection and you know deeper awareness is supposed to look like, but isn't some of that experience like you said it yourself. You're present in the juggling and the playing and the and the using your body in these unique ways. Yeah, it might look weird to some at first, but look how rock and roll took off.
0: <laughs> now it's dead.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it all everything has its time, right? I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. I mean to look at just we all start somewhere and new ideas mm-hmm. come and and some catch on and some don't and
2: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> so maybe for now thank you very much for this conversation it was a pleasure yeah. talking to you
1: likewise likewise i look forward to more i hope so <laughs> yeah
0: so i'm just gonna click click you never, you never know what's around the next corner